Welcome, friends, to the Soul Talk podcast, a show where we explore and uncover the path to the heart, amplifying your conscience. Join me as we meet incredible souls who are in this journey and learn from their experience and different methods that will make you vibrate your heart. Let's get into it. Hi, everyone. This is Monica Ramirez, Warrior of Love, and we're in Soul Talk. And please let us know where you're uh, you're from and you're watching the replay. Please hashtag replay and say hello. You're here. It's a really a, a pleasure to have you all here. And it's also a, a, my pleasure to have Brian Scott uh, interviewing him here today. And uh, I have so many questions. I have learned so many things from this man. So I really uh, it's really really a, a my pleasure to to actually interview him and have this conversation that I have many questions and and you guys if you have any questions just post it in the in the Facebook so I would try to go to all of them and uh, for we if hopefully we can answer them Mary Rose is here in the house <laughs> Hey what's up Mary I've been trying to get a hold on her and, and meet her in person. I almost did two times. Oh, yeah? I mean, over here to, um, I live in McAllen, Texas. She was almost coming over here twice. And uh, I think she's in Kansas right now. There, there, there she should have, where is Mary Rose? She should have a website or something. <laughs> <laughs> but, well, I would like to read the the, the bio of uh, Brian because he's very, very interesting and very intense. And this is just a short little part of everything he is. And he's going to explain us a little bit more of his. Um, Brian is, um, he started, he's founder of a Reality Revolution podcast in, uh, hosted uh, as Brian Scott. He's a writer, entrepreneur, epiphany addict, inner space astronaut, life coach, transformational engineer, futurist, hypnotist, neurolinguistic programmer, meditation instructor, motivation speaker, researcher, uh, institution teacher, lock, uh, lock instruction and founder at Advanced Success Institute, the reality revolution he was born as a fanatical vision quest, understanding near-death experience, which was combination of profound spiritual awakening in which uh, Brian explores whether he was shifted into a, a parallel reality. And um, and I, what is, can you explain us, Brian? It's so many questions that I tried to write it down so I don't forget them, but there are more. Right. <laughs> and there are coming more questions for you. But for the spectators that are, are hearing us right now, can you explain a little bit what is reality revolution? Well, the reality revolution came from a concept of both a personal experience and a sort of observation about what was happening in the world. I had experienced something in my life that didn't make sense. I couldn't explain it. I had uh, my reality had shifted due to an event or maybe this, maybe there was other causes, but I, my reality had shifted and things didn't add up. Things weren't making sense. I started to believe I'd actually traveled into what I thought was a parallel reality as discussed in like scientific literature and being a big sci-fi fan, I kind of assumed, well, I'm just, you know, I'm doing this in my head. So I started researching physics and started to notice a trend worldwide that people were observing what was a changing reality. And you can kind of see this in 
scientific studies. Right now, when we study uh, pharmaceuticals, people will want to know whether or not uh, a new drug or medicine is effective. They analyze it by looking at placebos. More and more, placebo is just as powerful as the drug. And people are just commenting and noticing different things happening around us in multiple interviews as I've had, as you probably can note too, people are noticing a shift spiritually around the world. Things are changing. What we're experiencing now is nothing like what we were experiencing 10 years ago. I started to come to the conclusion that our thoughts were becoming reality, which many people already sort of agree on. But the idea was that our thoughts are becoming reality faster. There's a revolution in reality. What was the reason for this? What's happening? What was behind this? So I sort of try to analyze that idea in my book, both on a personal level of how I had what seemingly felt like I had entered into another dimension. And I started to look at the world itself. You can see in the trends around the world and the things that are happening that our thoughts and our fears are manifesting around us faster. And for some, it feels like a sort of insanity. And for others, there's a sort of order to this. And people are trying to understand, what does it mean for me? And, and, and can I use these changes in the world around us to, for, for myself? If I go back like 20 years, I might have had a thought and I might see that thought in my own reality in a couple of years. I've even seen comments about other authors saying similar, something similar when I read old new thought literature. Now my thought becomes manifest within months, if not weeks, and for some even days, hours. And so it's a little bit different. It's a little bit scary uh, for some people. And I think it's a really hopeful, positive, powerful thing. We can control our realities. And if we learn how to control reality, which we can by looking back at some of these great classic new thought authors, as well as current instructors like Dr. Joe Dispenza and Dawson Church and Bruce Lipton and Greg Braden. These people are talking about ways to change your reality now, including advanced research by the Heart Math Institute, kind of understanding how we go about changing our reality. And the more and more I unveil what's actually going on around me, the more and more my own life changes and more and more I find a purpose. And the more and more people like you might find my book and kind of say, yeah, I'm feeling the same thing. I think that's the reason a lot of people found were interested in that book is that they had felt changes in their own life happening. And so that's what I was trying to document. So can I ask you, have you seen a revolution in the reality around you? I actually, I did shift too. Yeah. And I thought at the beginning when uh, I was very, very sick, I actually was uh, already having an epilepsy. I had lupus, RA, fermata, yeah. suicidal in that time. I was really, really bad. And when I started shifting, but it happened um, when I shift in one night, mm-hmm. I I got better. I just, I was not sick anymore. My reality completely changed. But my problem was that I, I was shifting and shifting and shifting by second, by the second. And I thought right. I was going crazy. I, I really thought because it was, it was not logical. It was not in there. My reality was not there. Doors mm-hmm. that were not there. My, my whole family, uh, my everything shifted. And 
it was very hard to, I can't even talk to anybody because I couldn't even talk to myself and understanding myself what it was right. happening. I I really thank for having a great, great mentor and teacher in New Zealand that I just mm-hmm. suddenly appear. I asked for help because mm-hmm. I thought I was, okay, do I go to a mental institution because I don't know what is going on and I don't know even know what day, what year, who I am, what what is happening. And she taught me how to focus in one present, uh, in one dimension, in one reality that I wanted to be or that I felt in that moment that I deserve or or that I deserve it because a lot of it goes with limiting beliefs that I was still having a lot of limiting beliefs in then and till now. And mm-hmm. I'm still working on that. And um, but that really shifted completely my, my reality and learning how to navigate the problem was that I focused too much in being in that reality that I forgot how I was doing it before. How I, because it just came magical, like it happened to you. It just, mm-hmm. I, I read your book and I have seen many interviews that you talk about how your accident when you got shot in the back. Right. And uh, that you shift in that moment. I And uh, and I don't know how I did it myself. Mm-hmm. I did beg for a change. I was so bored of being sick and depressed and having a miserable life and even living in that time in a horrible marriage mm-hmm. that I uh, that I asked for that. And yeah, it happened, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's just, but I don't know how I did it. Right. And and it came now after that, I became a researcher. And how do I, uh, I because I after focusing in staying in one more, in one reality only. It, I have seen shifts, little shifts when I change it, but I don't know how I'm doing it. And honestly, there is not a right. for me. And when I find, that's why your book was so, so profound and so interesting. And your meditations. Oh my God, your meditations well, were you. tremendously have helped me a lot. And knowing that I was not alone, that I was right. not crazy, that there are many people like, like many. me, like you. And many people are realizing this because something that happens to every single human being we're shifting all the time we're shifting that sort of metaphor that comes to my mind it's like playing baseball but in the past the ball was so small we could barely see it and so we would swing and every once in a while we would hit it and then very slowly the the ball is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and so now it's like a big softball and when you it's easy to hit um it's also it feels like we're in a in a pool where it's filling up with water slowly the uh, of light. And so it, every single day we get more and more powerful. We shift more and more we shift more and more. Um, and we also, it becomes more difficult. We shift and we do things and um, we're constantly trying to understand what we've done and how it worked. And so you're very much like many people I meet and I see myself in you and that it, you want to understand it's so crazy it's so bizarre and unusual that you want to understand there's that part of our mind that needs to have clarity and understanding. And in many ways we may not get it all we can, we're, we're just experimenting and we're constantly trying to demonstrate and experiment with what's going on. And, and as we become, we become effective, we learn more and more. There's a lot of people in the world though, that are experiencing what we are and they have no clue what's happening. They just assume they're in a chaotic universe where 
everything is just happening around them and they have not figured out that they are the cause of what is happening around them. If that something makes any that sense. I, something that I have learned in this process of searching and, and uh, of course I love Lucy Larson. Uh, she's uh, um, the amazing in, in all her teachings about the Mandela effect that you mm -hmm. interview her too. Right, uh, right. She's amazing. But something that I come to understand is like when you shift to a new reality and you teach this when also in the aura, I, I'm taking your class of uh, the aura, of, uh, mm -hmm. that when you shift to a new reality, you jump back to the reality you didn't want. Yes. And that's something that, uh, and how do you stay in the reality that you want and you make it better? So what, what I, I've come to the conclusion that we're constantly shifting into realities mm -hmm. second by second yeah. minute by minute we go in and out of realities that we've been in the past and so if you want to ride a certain reality you energize it you find it uh, the aura technique which you're talking about was something that took me a while to figure I, I learned how to jump into a reality and then I jump back or I would jump into a reality I did not want to be in and I want to change it So what I figured out was that I needed to spend some time at the beginning of the process figuring out what I wanted, identifying a place in the quantum field where this reality actually occurred. And so kind of surfing these realities, seeing potentials, understanding these potentials. And then once the potential kind of formed in my mind, giving it breath, understanding it, giving it focus. And then when, when we find that reality, we energize that reality more and more. And then it becomes a, a stream. I, I kind of imagine like streams of water going everywhere, all these different, there's a reality over here where um, you, you know, you, you uh, move to the Ukraine. There's a reality over here where uh, you stay in Los Angeles, whatever, all these different realities. And so Some of them are like small little streams and some of them are rivers and some are oceans. And as you focus on what you want, you, you start riding a boat along these different realities and it becomes larger and larger. And the more you focus, the more you bring to it, the more breadth it has. You're just kind of guiding this boat. And so when you're, some people will just sit and, and, and meditate on something, they'll jump into a reality and then they'll immediately start thinking other thoughts and do it and they'll jump right back. We're trying to get onto an ocean liner where there's a huge flow of water and it's we it's just building and building and growing. And that's what we're kind of doing with the Oris. We're we're creating a specific reality that has all the details and it's significant and and very difficult to jump out of, you know, if that is the the purpose of it's activating the reality, finding it, and then we go through a process where we know what we want. But we have to actualize that reality. There's a step-by-step -step process where we take what we got. We already know what we want and we start actualizing it, physicalizing it. And the process that uh, I see a lot of people go through is they don't really know what they want. And so they'll jump into a reality and then they jump back. They're dabblers into different realities. Uh, sort of, you know, you might want, want something, you jump in, something happens and then you jump back. So uh, that's oh, what oh. we're if that makes sense, right? Also, well, I, I work with limiting beliefs. 
And not only with mm-hmm. myself, I teach people how to get out of their limiting beliefs. So probably, I don't know, um, uh, this is a question, in fact, but I, but at the same time, I, when I'm working with, if you don't think you deserve to have it all, right. that was a program that you can't have it all. And if you're, you believe that mm-hmm. when you change to a different reality that you can't have it all and you have it in that moment is like, oh, I can't have it all. So you jump back. Right. So you have to basically work. Uh, so it actually really worked this, the jumping into the habit so of it all. If you remove actually the, the limiting beliefs that you have for yourself, so that like that actually you can anchor the new reality of where you have it all. I agree that, you know, the biggest thing is that we have so many underlying beliefs. Part of that process, the aura process is kind of going back and looking at our past, revising our past, understanding the beliefs, understanding what has guided us to the point that we're at. And kind of trying to understand that we may have jumped into our body this moment. Uh, we only have our memories to believe that we've actually been physically incarnated in this body for all this time. But do we really know that? You could have jumped right into your body at any point in time, and then you would think that you've been there f- for your whole life. And so each time we're quantum jumping, there's a portion of our memory that we don't understand, that true part of our soul. So taking this assumption that everything that we have in our memory of the past, including all those beliefs that are guiding us are just part of the program. And so the real freeing, powerful thing about the aura technique and a lot of other techniques that are very similar is that anything is possible. And part of the reason people don't ever see that is that they're locked into a memory. They're locked into these belief systems Uh, Our parents, our schools, our cultures, our countries, our politics are just constantly telling us that we only have this one reality. Uh, We've been disempowered. Uh, There is this idea that they want to take away our power or use this power against us. And so taking this concept that whatever you believe in the past is just part of some program that is not you. And freeing your identity from your past and your beliefs and just going strictly purely on what it is that you want to experience in this flow is one of the powerful ideas that really changed my life. Um, because we are, we're all locked in. We, when I have a meditation, create your perfect future, you got a chance to try that. And <laughs> that particular meditation spends a lot of time on the past. We are creating our future all the time from our past. We're in this self-fulfilling prophecy. We wake up and we immediately start thinking about all the things we have to do set by our past. We have all these beliefs and ideas and expectations, more or less. Whenever I wake up in the morning, this is what I do. So people want to have profound changes, which is what I'm really, really fascinated by, which is what I experienced I'm absolutely fascinated by profound change happening. And it's hard because we're programmed into our current present and our current future. And so it would not work. uh, I don't know. It's a question that I've been asking to myself a while uh, because I'm trying to uh, jump into my best reality that I can have. But at the same time, I'm a teacher. I I teach 
and something that I tell my my students is like, yes, you can jump to having having all, but if you don't love yourself, if you don't work with your limiting beliefs, and you're still carrying guilt and shame and so forth from obviously from your choices that you have done in the past, mm-hmm. you're gonna take that with you. It doesn't matter where you jump. It doesn't matter where you move. Yeah, you can move yourself physically. Let's say I move to Italy into a villa, but you still carrying all that guilt and shame and not feel obviously that that detained you to having all because you're carrying all that. So you're never going to project actually that's what you're going to create because you're mm-hmm. taking yourself to Italy. You're getting yourself to the dream life that you want, you want to have. And when you jump to a different reality, you're carrying again yourself. It doesn't matter to right. what dimension or planet you move. You're taking yourself. And you're carrying all that with you. Yeah. So it is important. I, I don't know. Um, I have asked this. It is important to clear that slate. It is. Clear all some that. people that, that experience memory loss, Alzheimer's patients or dementia, sometimes it's a blessing Yes. <laughs> for them. It, it's a blessing to forget because we're so stuck in our memories sometimes that they can be so disempowering. And really the best manifestors, and maybe I, maybe you can speak differently on this, but in my own experience, the best are really good actors, people that can take the role and they become this role. And so you can start to create your own memories. You can start to create who you are. If you're not confident now, then that's just something that you've created. So become an actor and act like you're confident and act like these disempowering beliefs don't exist. This is very hard. It all sounds great in theory, right? But there, that, there's a reason we don't, everybody doesn't become famous actors. So if you spend the time really going into your imagination and understanding that who you are, when I say I am Brian, is in flux. It can be defined however I want. And it's a very empowering belief because I am Brian who was born in Wyoming, I don't have to be that Brian anymore. I can be whoever I want to be. And I act out because I think that that God is within us all just as an actor playing a part. And so what you're saying is it's, it's so sad because a lot of people have these terrible beliefs about themselves that lack confidence. One of the most, uh, you know, I, I, so many people that contact me that I talk with are struggling with confidence in themselves and it's so easy to understand. It's so easy to lose confidence in yourself when you look around the world and see uh, other people and other examples. But if we could just take a moment and program ourselves, go within ourselves and find that place where we can be whatever we want. But at the same time, that goes with a little bit of the book of uh, the Sealand, Sealand, Avadim Sealand. Yes. About the... Um, uh, how do you call it? The pendulos. Yes. You want to go with the pendulos. The pendulos. Uh, I'm sorry for my English. For the pendulos right. that they uh, go to one side or or the, the other one. If you were looking, let's say, let's put it like this: an example. Sometimes I, that's how I think better. Uh, if you want to go and look for love, and you're wanted to do whatever you do, and and you're gonna do everything that the pendulos telling you. To go because that's what the majority right. people are doing, but it doesn't make it right. Because imagine all the people that the pendulum 
they exactly. have limitations. They have their own issues. They're reflecting right. each other mirrors between themselves. And you're going to be affected by them. Yeah. Right? I try, I kind of imagine if we could just step out and look at all the realities, not just our, but we, we could step out and look at everybody in the, in our earth, in all the realities that they're experiencing, we would see that they're all being kind of pushed and defined by these pendulums. These pendulums will take you and tell you that this is what you need to be successful. This is what you want to be happy with their own self-interests. You need to have a job with us to take care of us. The, the, some of these pendulums are conscious, but they are such an, an integral factor in determining people's realities. Vadim Zeeland describes that oftentimes what happens is we think we're creating a reality and the pendulum is using our ability to create reality and we're not. We get that job that we want and it's just a pain in the butt. Later on, we realize this wasn't what I wanted. This is what the pendulum wanted. So it's a big, big light bulb moment when you read the reality revolution, the reality transurfing book is that the pendulum is defining which reality you're creating. We're still all powerful. We're still creating our realities. We're jumping into parallel realities all the time. But what's happening is that the pendulums are telling us where to go. The pendulums are so powerful. They define the media. They, do, they bring in thought streams. They're so powerful. We turn on our TV, our radio, they're all pendulums. We live in a universe of pendulums. So the, the, the empowering thing is to start really questioning, am I choosing a reality that is defined by any pendulums or is it coming from deep within my heart? Because a lot of times what you're saying is true. People get pulled into pendulum, pulled into realities that are defined by these pendulums, especially in love. People think that is what a that is what a great relationship is supposed to be. It's not. People think that's what I need to have to be in love. It's not. We see television shows. We see all these things. And we start to define ourselves from these pendulums. These pendulums have their own self-interest. It might be things we need to buy or do or energy that we need to give. So it, there's a complexity to these realities that we're creating. And there are forces that have been uh, at work for millennia that are pushing us along these paths and it, these pendulums are a part of it something that uh, uh remind me as a, a client that i i have that the other day he was telling me oh i lost you there that he was um telling me yesterday like oh i want to move to california because all the movies they're showing that is great and this and i and i live in burbank for a while right and i was like no that's hollywood you know, that's, that's not real. But you're seeing it like, oh, as a waiter, you're going to live in, a, I don't know, in a great apartment in, a, I don't know, in Venice Beach, or you're going to be for like, or you're going to be having a, a beautiful home that just, unless you're, you have $3 million to buy a great home in front of the beach, or in Malibu, you have $10,000, million to buy that house. Like that is what the pendulum of, of Hollywood had showed you about California. Right. Like my experience is the reality of quality of life uh, in, uh, in California. It is not real how it is in reality. One thing is what Hollywood is showing you. Right. And one other thing is what is real. With $10 million, I don't know, 
living in, I feel United States is too expensive, but living like in, in Spain or Italy, you don't have to work anymore, anywhere, and, and never again, you know. But in the United States, yeah, <laughs> 10 million is not enough. <laughs> no, it's true. When I fell for the pendulum, when I moved to California, I was buying into the, the pendulum. Um, I saw what Hollywood brought. And yeah, I saw glimpses of that, but it, you know, I was definitely guided and I know exactly what you're saying, but I think that's the truth everywhere we go. Right. Um, it's never what we think because the pendulum's usually trying to define it. Um, I agree. I, the same thing happened to me when I moved to California. So. <laughs> I move out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I couldn't take it. Uh, there's also, uh, I would like to just talk a little bit about your meditations. I, I love your meditations and I believe I have tried them almost all, uh, because there are too many, you're a very prolific, um, podcaster and a, a meditator and you always, always, it's hard to catch up <laughs> with all the information that you put in there. Yeah. And, uh, I would like to, when we talk about your meditations, I know you, you do a lot of techniques of breathing work that you use from, um, Dr. Joe Dispenza and from, um, the Iceman and from, mm -hmm. uh, um, any other people, but, uh, how do you, How do you define them? They're, uh, they're so different. They are. Well, you know, um, it's, you're an artist, so you know what I'm, um, what every one of my meditations is a piece of art to me. It's something I'm creating. I have a certain intention in mind. Um, and I, I don't necessarily want it to sound like a lot of other meditations. Uh, I'm guilty at the beginning of creating meditations very similar to a lot of other meditators. And that was me learning how to create meditation. So you'll find a lot of similarities with like Dr. Joe and several others. I use neuro-linguistic programming techniques. So some people will hear um, Paul McKenna and some of my meditations and, but it's sort of evolved and every single meditation evolves on itself and is different. And sometimes I've sat down, no clue what I'm going to do. And I just, something starts coming out as if I'm channeling it. And I'll go back and do the meditation and I'm not even aware that I'm the one speaking because I don't remember saying any of that stuff. And then sometimes it's, but it's just like with your art, I'm sure you have an idea kind of starts to, you want to see it on the canvas or a lot of times it's a meditation I can't find and I want to have that meditation. And so I'll create it for myself. So, you know, more than half of my meditations are created for me, hoping uh, I can enhance my own meditation experience or sleep meditation or whatever. Um, but I am, I think like a lot of people, um, you know, you'll hear somebody say, I'm going to do this, do the same meditation for 90 days. And that's great, but I get bored very quickly. And so I, I'm impatient. I love new things. I'm not the person that will watch the same TV show. When after I'm done watching that show, I probably even though I loved it, I will probably not go back and watch it again. So I want to have I wanted to have a library of meditations that I could do, and each one felt something new and inspiring, but at the same time building on the old. So if you go back and do my meditations, I've used key phrases and anchors, as you had said, and music, um, so that they build on each other, sort of layers upon layers, so that when you hear this next meditation, then you hear a song that will remind you of another meditation. I use a key phrase that pulls from a third meditation. So if you've been meditating with me for a while, then I have a, a library of, 
of memories and experiences and feelings I can pull from. And so a lot of people uh, that talk with me about my meditations are really get a lot out of it when they've done the other ones because they all are anchored. So each one has kind of created an anchor that builds upon itself and kind of propels itself. And so sometimes it's just a journey or a story I'm telling. Sometimes it's an idea or something I'm trying to teach, or it can be a simple thought I'm trying to embrace. Uh, but I'm just trying to change it up and do something different. And, and I really, really love doing group meditations. And so I try to you know, every Saturday I have a new meditation because I love the meditating with everyone else. I'll, I'll do the meditation and then um, people will come on at that exact time. And there's something else that's sort of happening. And so I'm motivated to create a new meditation as much as, you know, hope we'll see. I kept the string going pretty good for a while, but every Saturday to do a new meditation and then do the meditation with everybody else. And some of them are based on breath. Some of them are affirmations. Some of them are journeys. And, and it's a constant experiment, just like art, like your, like your art, you know? I remember a long time ago, I, I heard an interview with you that you used to say that you were not a channeler. And right. I have seen that change and you. Uh, I am a channeler. Yeah. And uh, but uh, are you a channeler now, or do, can you admit you're a chan? You're a channel. I, I um, if you check out the Aura program, there is a video where I channel my higher self. You saw that one, right? I, I'm um, not, I, I've been trying to catch up with everything. Well, yeah, and so I'll probably do that. But you might find that interesting. So I claim, and I, I explain at the beginning, I'm channeling myself. I'm not channeling. Somebody even asked me, what's the name of the person you're channeling? There is no name. Names are unimportant. This being doesn't even care about names. Has had a million names. Uh, so I, I know for sure I'm channeling a being that uh, when I channel my higher self, uh, I, but there's a part of me that is always saying that's still me. Even though some of these ideas that come through are crazy or um, there's a part of me that always. And so as I've asked questions and sort of interacted, I've come to the realization it is my higher self. And I have a sort of belief that a lot of people that channel are channeling some version of themselves, which we already kind of understand. Neville Goddard says we're all ourselves pushed out. Everybody is ourself, right? Oh. Um, a lot of times what I'm doing with the new thought authors I read, it's a channeling like Neville Goddard. Now I've connected with him in the universal mind. It may not be Neville Goddard, but it, it is the information of Neville Goddard imprinted in the universal mind. I feel like he's talking to me. He's sitting right next to me. Um, Neville Goddard is somebody that when I'm doing Neville Goddard, he gets, he gets uh, angry with me and makes me go back. That's not how I would say it. He, he's very picky about certain words that I use or ways that I express myself. I can hear him. Usually sometimes it's nothing, but no, 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 no. You need to go back and you need to say that exactly the way I said it. That's not how, you know, so I hear, I, and they all have a, they start to gain personalities. One thing that's fun for me is as I read more and more authors, I start to feel like they're here with me and they are a presence and I can, they all have a unique personality that is different. When I'm reading Anthony Norvell, Anthony Norvell is quite different than, than um, Neville Goddard. And so I think that I'm channeling But I'm also, I'm, I'm accessing a version of the universal mind. And there's a part of me that's afraid to say, I'm channeling Seth, even though I might be. Uh, I, I don't want to use that as a way of 
ignoring my own place within it. I, I've, I've read a lot of different channelers and I, I, I get it and I understand. I'm a huge fan of channeled work. If you follow the channel, I, I read, you know, Quo and Ra and Seth and, and a lot of great information comes from that. And so there's probably going to be a point where I'll start channeling something, but I still hear my dad's voice that says, that's just you. <laughs> so um, I can, when I channeled my higher self, that's the closest where I, you know, I'm saying, Hey, it's me, but it's a version of me that is not with me all the time. And as I've understood what the law of one says about the higher self, it's a version of you millions of years in the future that has already experienced your life and many other lives that is here to guide you. And that version is the one that really comes through when I try to channel something in that episode. I, you know, I put the blindfold on, I breathe, I kind of get, and so that is probably the closest I've gotten to channeling, but um, I'm fascinated by channeling. And I would love the, the, the amazing thing about Abraham when she gets up and speaks is that Abraham can doesn't have to say, well, scientists say this and the facts say this, and you can look at the information here. Abraham says, this is it. This is my truth. She can take make declarative statements about reality, and she requires no one to tell her uh, that this is not true or to try to justify her argument, right? Which is very nice. I, I would love to be able to get up and say, this is how it is. Um, I found when I did that channeling, though, when people ask me about themselves, I got information. Uh, I could hear a voice. So, and I, I've also... Uh, interviewed some other people about that. And so um, I'm still, I'm still fascinated by it. And, and there may be a point in time where I am channeling something and well, I'll learn more from it, you know? The thing is as a multidimensional beings, right. we can connect with ourselves. We're all one to start. We're all one. Yeah. We're all one. And so if we want to channel, if I want to paint and I want to channel Da Vinci, I can. Yeah. And uh, that's why everybody wants to be, do, do a regression to them and everybody's Cleopatra or everybody's, you know, because you can't, you can't channel all right. that information because we're, we're all one. We are all one. It is, it is very hard to human mind to understand and grasp that information that you can't channel anything. And in multi, and in higher levels, they don't, uh, only humans are the ones that need names. And right. places so yes i've been taught by my my higher self that i channel her a lot she told me all the time and like at the beginning she didn't want to give me her name and mm -hmm. because the pendulum was asking me you need to ask their name because or right, else right, how right. you know who you're channeling so i forced her actually to give me a name <laughs> so she told me okay here's a name so like that my so like that you stop asking me right. but it's not important the name right a lot of yeah. those higher beings, names are really, they're way beyond that. <laughs> They've had many other names and they, they're way beyond that. I, I did an episode um, by Joseph Murphy recently, and I also kind of related to U.S. Anderson. We may not be channeling, um, it, it, I think it's all, we are all one. We are all these beings. Whenever we're channeling, it's just a version of ourselves every time. It's the universal mind. We are all one mind. And so... I think that the channeling is really helping us learning how to channel, accepting this information, filtering it is a really important learning process for us to do. 
even if you don't believe in channeling, just try to do it. Because what will happen is you'll start to hear the voices and understand these energies that are coming in and and becoming a translator to them, kind of, if that yeah. makes sense. And I think we are all accessing a universal mind when we do it, if that makes sense. I, I agree with you. I'd love to see the paintings you did when you channeled Da Vinci. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, but but my point was, with, with you can channel like, or you can uh, channel set, or that's why. And there is too much envy and competition. There is. It doesn't matter which where you go, you go with the artist, or you go with the spiritual community, or you go with whoever it is. So they don't want to say it. Oh, yes, I'm, mm -hmm. when I'm creating a piece or writing a book or writing whatever, I'm channeling. Yeah. Because everybody wants to do the same thing. And that's the competition where it's like, why you can do it and I can't. Like, let's go with the, the crayon channel. Right, right, where it's and copyrighted. It's many people right. that are, are channeling crayon and it's like, no, but I am the original. I am the one that started and this and that. Right. When anybody can uh, cry, uh, can channel crying, yes, if I we want to do it right now, we could. Why? Because right. we're multidimensional beings and we're not separated from crying as Lee Carroll. Right. I think with you look at Bashar and Abraham, it's a business. Yeah. Sometimes the, with these channelings, it's a business and it becomes a little bit more than that where people are paying money. Let's see here. To... Um, to channel, you know? And so I think there's a little bit of aspect to that, the business-like aspect of it, but the information that comes through is amazing and I'm super fascinated by it, no doubt. Yeah. Uh, um, well, um, and about the breathing part, I want to go back to that one because there, uh, there are different ways of breathing. I teach one of them mm -hmm. and uh, that I was taught by one of my mentors But, um, and what is, I understand that we, what is the best way to, there's a breathing for creating and there's a breathing to also to thumb, uh, jump, um, jump in timelines. Yeah. What is the best one for each one? I don't think there's a best one. Clearly everything is tied to breath. So when we're doing a quantum jump or shifting a reality, there has to be some breath that's tied to it. I think it's individualized and understanding your breath and connecting to your breath is so important because that is, we're breathing in God. That is this thing. There's this something I've unfortunately have set with a number of people on their deathbed and you come out of it noting that it's all about the breath. You hear them breathing. You hear the, the death rattle in the breath. Life is breath. It's all about the breath. Breath is where we're accessing and breathing in this field and it, it we're made up of our breath what we breathe in becomes a part of our body and so a lot of what i'm doing with breath is experimentation uh yoga has the beth breath exercise and i've done some episodes on some of those techniques and understanding the breath and the pranayama um my thesis with the quantum jumping why i do a sort of fire breath with the quantum jumping is that it's an explosion of energy. When you look at on the quantum scale, uh, the <coughs> electrons don't necessarily just move along. They jump. And there's an, when they look at the electron prior to its jump, there's an 
there's a burst of energy. And it's also something that Neville Goddard talks about. He has a technique where he has a breathing where you breathe in. It's sort of like an orgasm, an explosion. You look at the universe. It's like the Big Bang is what created the universe there. It's a, it's an outgoing explosion of energy. So I'm trying to create that with the fire breath where you breathe in faster and faster and faster. And it kind of amplifies your energy. Some people may not respond to that as well. Vrnvalo Melchizedek in creating the Merkaba has 17 breaths and claims the 18th breath is where you can transfer to another dimension. Uh, a number of people have used these techniques and it's interesting how they all are tied to the breath. The breath is pushing and defining the energy within our body and we can use the breath to enhance the energy centers in our body. Uh, and I'm constantly learning and experimenting. I hear new breath techniques and I love it, you know. Um, breathing uh, in different positions on my back, breathing upside down, breathing um, through my diaphragm and my nose, alternate nostril breathing. All of them have different techniques and effects, and they're all fascinating. And I can't help but think there's some special secret breath technique I haven't heard about, right? Um, and, and, you know, send it to me if you have some special breath technique I haven't learned about, because I, I always feel like there's something else I don't quite know about with the breath, right? Because, um, and, and breath is a way of forcing the mind back into the moment. If you focus on the breath, a lot of people that really suffer, struggle with meditation become so easily distracted. And the easiest thing to do is just, okay, I'm, I know I'm getting all these crazy thoughts. I'm just going to come back to my breath. And it becomes one of the defining ways to meditate and take your level of consciousness to another level. You'll notice on some meditations, I don't even mention the breath. I'll just mention it briefly. Uh, I think the key is really to become a conscious breather and then to be aware of the unconscious breath. So you'll when you breathe in, that's a conscious breath. And there is the unconscious. So the breath is the part of us that is there, our subconscious and our conscious together because we can both control our breath and our body also breathes automatically. We're trying to change our subconscious mind. The subconscious is the automatic part. And so it's also maybe with when we blink our eyes and close our eyes, we, it blinks automatically, but we can also blink them automatically. So when we go into those processes that are both automatic and can be created and be controlled by us, then we kind of bridge the gap between our subconscious and conscious mind. And that's what, what I'm exploring when I'm talking and teaching and learning and meditating on the breath. And, uh, and oh my God, our time is running out and oh, I have so many questions. So keep going. We got more time. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, I, I love um, the teachings of my ancestors. And uh, I am a uh, part with Chola. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but... Um, and uh, I also know about um, the techniques about the Totonacas mm -hmm. in Mexico, that that's the same technique that uh, Vadim is, is using for mm -hmm. the plat. Yes. And, uh, and I would love to hear more about that. that. I have not heard that correlation. So send me everything. It, it, it's, is it in the same place? But uh, Carlos Castaneda talks about it. Right, Carlos. So the difference with Carlos Castaneda and, and uh, Zealand, they, it took me a while to understand. Castaneda is talking about a place behind your body that is the 
umbrage point, I think he called it. Am I, I, I have it in one of my episodes. And then the plot is from your body. So there's some cord of energy that connects to some part outside of your body. And that's what the Toltecs were talking about. When they shift into different realities, that point behind us shifts. And so uh, Castaneda has these energy routines that are all about shifting this place behind your body. I, th I think, theoretically, the reason it's behind our body in a place that we can't really see is that there is, for all of us, a sort of quantum space behind us where we, we can't observe that is more of a wave than, than um, it's, it's in more of a wave form. And that wave form of energy carries the ability to move in, branch into different dimensions. What we see in front of us is solidified and it becomes particle behind us is weight. And so, uh, so the, the plat is kind of bridging the gap from the point behind us to the point that connects to us. And so I'm fascinated by it. I think there's something to it. It's hard because when you're sitting visualizing, you're really in the moment, you don't want to have to also think about this energy cord that, you know, kind of like distracts you a little bit. Some people struggle with it. Um, some people find that they feel an energy or something behind their back that starts to activate. And I think that's when it starts to work. It's a feeling something starts to come up between their shoulder blades at the, I made a mistake thinking it was something about the back of the head. It may start there, but I don't think we feel it there. We feel it off of our body in an area behind our back. And that's where the energy shifts and we enter into another reality. Um, but something that I have not encountered too much information about something that I, I was channel for me. And then it later on, it correlates with something of the magic that we're doing about the rods that we have in the head here. Yes. Yes. And, and here and here. Yes. And so when, I would love to know what, how these are related. What you're referring to is what Melchizedek says is that we have these, um, rays of energy that can go, come in through our mind um they looks like if we were to look at it there's a ray that's coming there ray coming here weight coming through here coming straight down coming through the back and it's kind of most of us it's just it's just looks like like this right because we haven't developed it but when we we start to sort of pull the light we start to feel these light beams my question is is it going concentrating in our third eye is it concentrating in our pituitary me. gland is it going into the plat are they related? It's a great yes. question. It's something that's I would I was, love that's what to I was, know. That one, I, I encountered that one with a channeling. I was with a client doing a healing, and suddenly my, my guy started telling me, I don't know what they were talking about in the moment. It's like, okay, I'm just going to do what you're telling me. Right. And I saw completely, like, he was connected to the, uh, uh, from the pineal gland. All of them connect to the pineal gland and you just span the energy. But this one that goes with the plat in the back, it mm -hmm. is a plat. It is a plat, right. It is the plat. So yes. what may be happening is it's sort of like, imagine like you turn the faucet on, on your sink, and then it's coming through a filter. And so light is all around us coming through and it kind of goes into our, into our interface here. Um, but we're kind of blocking it out. And so it's just not being filtered. It's all muddy and scrubbed out. But if you clean it, it's going into the, the pineal gland. So maybe it's just uh, the light that we're coming in. We're, we're learning to filter it and learn to enhance it and bring it into our mind. 
maybe that's at least what intuitively I think is happening. And I, you know, I, after a yeah. while, I find the the video of uh, Melchizedek talking about it, and it's like, oh, okay, at least this is plainly what I just did because right, I did not yeah. know what I was doing in that moment. Oh, Brian, I really, really appreciate this talk. I, I had so much fun. I want to repeat Thank it. You. And and I know there's uh, there's some questions in here, but... Um, I, I got time if you want to ask a couple more. Well, what... Um, Catherine. Um, well, she was asking before about... Uh, let me just try to find it. Uh she was talking about the pendulos. Um, you have gone so far within you're sitting in the sun or or no? Pendulos, that's what is next. I don't understand your question, Catherine. Sitting in the sun? Yes. You're going uh, so far within. Are you sitting in the sun of no, of the no? Pendulums, that's next. Uh, yeah, I, don't, and that, I, I can only say that I... Um... I'm a big advocate of sitting in the sun and I meditate. I'm, I, and uh, I think it's a connection I make with the sun. That's something that's I've evolved with. I prefer to meditate outside now in nature, in the sun, in my backyard. Um, if that answers her question. <laughs> and and well, she's asking, uh, because we're all one. And question mark. Yes, we're all one. There is no separation. And uh, it will be an amazing time when the majority of the world agrees on that idea because it's just a concept, it words that are, we're just saying. There's going to be a point in time where people realize we are all one. And how are we going to act with all the people that are us <laughs> when we start to realize that? Everyone around us is us. It's going to be a big game changer for the whole world because we're all in our own minds and we only think about ourselves. But there's going to be an awakening to this idea that's very exciting that everybody is the same being. So it's when, really powerful. Uh, people, many, many people ask me, okay, what is, uh, we're going to shift into the fifth dimension and our body just going to jump in? It's like, this. For, I would like to know what is your point of view of that? I, I am so fascinated by that question. <laughs> I'm trying to write a book about it because, yeah, you know, I read all these different channeled works and they all talk about this new earth shifting to the fourth density, shifting to the fifth dimension. And, we see it in the Bible when they talk about going to the new earth and the new heaven. It's been discussed by Dolores Cannon. Um, some, and she would interview some amazing in QHHT sessions that would, some amazing beings would come in and talk about this new earth concept. Quo talks about it. Ra talks about it. Uh, what we can see is that nature is evolving. It's always evolving. We can see in the actions of the universal mind the single cell amoeba becomes the um, strives to become more and becomes the jellyfish. The jellyfish strives to become more, becomes the fish. The fish wants to leave the water and it becomes the mammal. The mammal wants to fly, becomes the bird. But we, but those other remnants of the universal mind still remain. And so we as humans are striving to go to another level, and we can only really ponder what this means if you understand that. Uh, any object around you is a collection of different atoms working together as one. 
So a rock is a bunch of different atoms guided by this one overlying principle. Uh, something that's really profound I've come to the realization is that the, I, I think it's the episode on M, that the secret of atoms, is that within our heart is this nous atom, this, this singularity, this one atom that's more powerful than the other atoms that gathers all of the atoms to, to guide and control our bodies. We are atoms. We are this. And so I think we're going to reach a point where we are become something like that rock or that object where all of the atoms become one thing. Uh, I think it's a social memory complex. We are, we will be individualized consciousnesses with access to a larger overall arching consciousness. Uh, Jim McCarty calls it in a conscious Akashic record. Uh, Jung called it the collective unconscious. Uh, Rupert Sheldrake called it the morphogenetic field. It becomes this living group consciousness that we, so it's another level of consciousness that we will enter into. That's going to be a game changer for everything. We, I will be able to talk with you and I will know everything about you because I will have access to that field. Well, that's great. But for some people, that might not be very good. When I know everybody's secrets that you meet and I know the history of the world and all the secrets start coming out, uh, you also become incredibly empathic. We can see, we might may see little bits and pieces of this as we're evolving, but we're talking about huge time scales. So uh, the world that we are creating our realities faster because of this, and we're becoming more empathic. And so the fifth dimension if we can get even from Neville Goddard is a dimension where we instantaneously create through our thoughts and we're connected to a larger group consciousness or social memory complex that becomes its own living thing and starts to evolve and become, starts wanting to move to another level over time. What is the next level of the social memory complex? So uh, we're at that point, we're at the point of the, fish of the mammal wanting to become the bird flying we as a human race are naturally evolving to this other level we can take bits and pieces from all of these different places and it's super fascinating according to the law of one material uh fourth density is something that happens on every planet just like a, a flower that blooms we know the seed will bloom into a flower the planet is part of this process it's blooming into a social memory complex once we do because we have access to all this information, we will access new bodies that will not require food in the same way. We will be able to change our reality around us, which will change everything. We will have unlimited information about the people around us, which will mean we will have to learn how to forgive. We will have to understand this forgiveness. We will have to overcome our fears because our fears will become reality instantaneously. Start thinking about, so the people that make it into that fourth density, fifth dimension are people that have learned how to think, that have learned how to love, that have learned how to forgive, that are able to go on and embrace this, this new way of living where everybody is flawed, but everybody is one. Everybody is part of this process. And so what we're going through, we can see what's going to happen in the fifth dimension, in the fourth density, by the lessons we're learning in this dimension. And it's a choice. There's a choice that's going on. I believe that this that the next dimension is, in some places, on some planets, it's a service to self, where it's all about yourself. You only think about yourself. 
There's fewer of those planets, but they some planets actually evolve into that. And then there are some planets that it's a service to others where everybody uh, starts to make it their choice in their life that they are there to serve other people, that they think more about other people than themselves. I think that that's what this planet is evolving into. And some very selfish people in our experience have become catalysts to push people to say, hey, you know, I really do care about other people. There's so much more information. It could mean so many things. And there's so many things we have no clue of that would go beyond what we would imagine of from movies or science fiction. Those are the things I've been able to pull from it. And I think that we are the creators of this dimension. We are creators. I think there's a group uh, like you are one, an example. I'm meeting people that are becoming spiritual, learning how to think, overcoming past traumas, transforming their lives. This is the new earth. And the the question is, well, what is this new earth going to be? It's a piece of art that we're creating. We are creating the new earth now. It's not been created for us. We are creating this perfect reality, this heaven-like place. And it's a place that right now is just the very beginnings of, we've just put the gesso on the canvas and we have just started to pick our colors and paint it together. And we are um, cooperatively creating this new dimension that we are moving into. And some people haven't evolved at that point. They're just going to either go to other planets where it's the same type of experience. Some people have evolved to a level they want to move their consciousness. They want to move to all these three, uh, 3D things that we're going through now. Okay, I've learned the lessons. It's time to move on and go to some bigger lessons. That w- world is where the veil is gone. We're not constantly trying to decide whether or not we are service to self or service to others. The lessons are much more complicated. They're much more detailed. And that is the world that we are choosing to move to. We are all in our own consciousness wanting to evolve. And some people haven't reached that point yet. But that's what I believe is happening on the earth, at least from what I've been able to understand, if that makes sense. What I understand is basically uh, like moving to a fifth dimension. We can be living in the fifth dimension right now and here now. In the moment, we are understanding more love and compassion and unity. Mm-hmm. And it's just it's a matter of aha moment because you're mm-hmm. suddenly you understand it. Like, oh, I understand what is how we are all one. I understand now what is unconditional love. Like, oh, I get it. In that moment, you actually yeah. start living into the fifth or sixth or whatever dimension you are. Yeah. And it's just a matter of second. And your experience, I have clients that tell me, oh, I don't feel safe. And I don't feel uh, comfortable in, in this timeline. Mm-hmm. And we're living sometimes in the same city. And it took her, why you don't? Oh, look how the country is and this and that. I feel safe. <laughs> I am living a very different reality than you. It's just a matter of where your conscience is at. And that's yeah. what, how we change to a different dimension. Because my experience of life, obviously, is not a, a fifth dimension or sixth dimension yet. Right. But I do have moments that I am there. I'm connecting in there. I use how to maintain into that. Uh, it, that's the hard part. To you constantly feel love and conditional love and unity 24 hours a day is we're not there yet we're not you're there yet but we're learning that's what we're here for is we're we're learning and we're growing and evolving to that place and yeah. we're that's what that's at least what i think 
And it feels like we're in this process, learning these lessons of love and understanding, moving into love and compassion. Uh, and it's a different way of reality. So um, I would love, so I have a meditation that I have coming this weekend, which is allowing us to see what it's like going to, you know, they, they say that, that in the great pyramid, there was a room you could go into that was the, the fifth dimension. That was a fourth density. Um, and you had to be trained as an apprentice for a long time to go in there because whatever you thought would become reality. Um, so I created that in my next meditation, uh, a giant pyramid in space where we go to and we go into a room and so that we can experience it. Because I think that we've already experienced it before, but I think that we can't describe it. I think we can experience it. Maybe we can go through our consciousness, through our memories and remembering what that is, but it's a place it's a place and time where the light is different. There is a more a greater abundance of light. Uh, we are more dense as beings. We would not see the beings from that other dimension because of their density. Um, but we are learning these lessons of love and compassion and understanding. Um, nature takes its time. A, a tree takes its time to grow. I think human beings take their time. It could take thousands, hundreds of thousands of years we're on the beginnings of it. Or it can happen in a second. Or it can happen in a second. Absolutely. <laughs> Anything is possible. Yeah. Brian, do you have something uh, else would you like to add or or any, if you're teaching any classes or something you'll be saying? No, I just want to thank you for coming on. It was nice to finally meet you. I follow you on Facebook and um, keep on coaching. I think you're doing some great things. I love your show and keep on doing your art. Um, I think what you're embracing is the spirituality of creativity. Uh, and I think that that's like the most important thing that I've learned is I wanted to embrace this, this field of energy that tells me that I need to create. You're in there too, as an artist. And I think that's the field that allows us to experience and learn these lessons. And so that's the big thing that I, that you inspire me for. So thank you and keep on doing the work you're doing, you're changing the world. Thank you, Monica. Thank you. I, I believe that's that's our work. <laughs> that's our work. That's why we're here, right? <laughs> and become a better human beings and changing our reality. Exactly. <laughs> and everybody, if, uh, if you haven't seen Brian's book or you haven't uh, acquired, I highly recommend you this book. He also have it in a... In a in Audible, right? Yeah, you can listen to me read it if you don't want to read it on paper. And, and check his podcast. That is, I, I put the links in there. He have it in YouTube. And my God, there will change your life. And every Saturday at 4 p.m. Central Time, 2 p.m. Uh, Eastern Time, he have his meditations. Don't miss it. It's in his YouTube channel. And it will really transform your life. I highly recommend that. Thank you, Brian. Thank you, you so, so much. much. I do want to announce that uh, in May 12th, we're going to have uh, one of my sisters uh, from uh, New Zealand. Her name is Jess New uh, Newton. And she's a homeschool mom, business owner, organic gardener. She's also a neurolinguistic program, uh, programmer, I believe so, and a uh, herbalist beekeeper, truth seeker, love of nature, and uh, and she do pranic healings uh, and she's also a Theta Healer. And it's going to be at 8 o'clock uh, p.m. And we have her in the next Monday.
Thank you so much. Thank you everyone for, for listening to us and please let us know where you are um, and you're connecting from and click replay, hashtag replay. I will appreciate that very much. Thank you, Brian. Thank, Thank you. you so much, Mark. Bye. Thank you for joining me today. I would love to share with you my transformational system, Path to the Heart, that I created just for you. Head over to monicaramireswarrioflove.com and you will find free resources. In there, you can download a masterclass in how to stop being people pleaser and meditations to get you started.